Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So today we're going to defend something that we usually bash. That's always fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a little bit different, uh, kind of a change for, for, for me. I, I was listening to uh, Gene Kim's Ideal Cast podcast, and we'll put a link of that in the show notes. And in particular, the latest uh, episode where he was talking to uh, um, some of the co-authors of Team of Teams. And, and the Team of Teams is a book uh, that I've known about for many years. Um, the lead author that everyone knows is General Stanley McChrystal, but the, uh, there were some co-authors there who were part of the, uh, the team of the Joint Task Force that, of, uh, of Counterinsurgency uh, against uh, Al-Qaeda in Iraq as one of the major organizing principles. And in reading through the book, I came across uh, one of the sections, and it it shed a new light on something that uh, actually reminded me of, of of our book in a way, because we talk about in our book trying to escape the software factory, and by there we were talking about uh, Taylorism, which is a common uh, bogeyman of agile and agile teams. So we, we better tell listeners what that is, because some of them may, may never have operated in a software factory. Probably not very many, because they're, they're on a podcast called Troubleshooting Agile. But <laughs> we, we, we ought to tell them what Taylorism is. Do you want to do that? Sure. I'll, I'll give the, the sort of brief version. Is uh, Taylorism describes what really became the dominant paradigm of industrial manufacturing. And in, in fact, it was, and it was hugely successful, and it became kind of the dominant factory of the organization of, of organizational life in the 20th century. And the idea it was also known as scientific management. And if you think of someone with a clipboard and a stopwatch um, uh, doing time and motion studies to make sure that uh, each work step is being as efficient as um, possible, then the first person who would have been holding said stopwatch would have been uh, uh, Taylor who was the inventor of this approach of scientific management, which is to um, break down uh, jobs so they're as simple as possible into components, which then this is kind of directly fed into the assembly line and the idea of workers doing a series of unskilled tasks or at best semi-skilled tasks in sequence and doing the same simple task over and over again. And instead of a stopwatch, you could even imagine somebody sitting there with a, a burn-up chart and measuring story points, and you would describe <laughs> quite a lot of my clients and and people, I'm sure, in in our audience. That, that's 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 right. Because the with Taylorism, when we talk about it, we we usually don't actually talk about the literal application of Taylorism, but we're often talking about the uh, instead the Taylorism mindset. And then I think that's the what's worth distinguishing here is the 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 practice of Taylorism and the mindset that came in with Taylorism. It, we'll talk about the the mindset uh, later, but I think first it's talking about the actual practice of Taylorism. And this is what's different is, uh, and this was a surprise to me in reading through Team of Teams, is I didn't get what I expected when they started talking about Taylor because they started talking about how great it was, how <laughs> the, the 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 fantastic innovations. Of Taylorism and what a what a what a dramatic improvement it was uh, over what came before, and that was that was really shocking to me because for me Taylor has been the the villain <laughs> for so many He's years. Boogeyman, 
You want exactly. to be, stay away from Taylorism because we, we don't like those very reductionist approaches where you take something that we think of as complex knowledge work and reduce it to this very simple activity. That, that, that's right. And But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and invoke here something we have talked about before, which is the Kenevan framework. Uh, and uh, Kenevan, as we mentioned people, divides problems into different domains. Um, the uh, uh, simple complicated, complex, and chaotic. It's also very hard to Google, so we should mention how to spell it, which is C-Y-N-E-F-I-N, and that will be in our show notes, of course. It's uh, Welsh, which reminds me that um, not to name my next nifty idea in Welsh. <laughs> so the uh, uh, so, so uh, David Snowden's kind of framework is a, is a very useful guide. And, and this was the aha moment I had while reading Team of Teams, which is the idea of making um identifying simple things that could be made simple uh was a real innovation and it was it was a genuine step forward because the world that taylor was uh immersed in was very different than what we know today because we live in a world that was created <laughs> by by taylor and his descendants by the, by these management consultants of of which taylor you could argue was the first management consultant he he came into where a world where factories, uh, while they had a bunch of new machinery, that the thinking in them hadn't really changed, that you still had kind of a craftsman, guild, artisanal mindset. And in looking at it through the lens of the Kinevin framework, every problem effectively was treated, uh, or the, the, the main problem, the main work to be done was all treated uh, as the domain of experts. You had to learn your craft and eventually earn your place, and then you could do it. And uh, this idea that everything was essentially then uh, complicated, uh, to use the, the Kinevin framework, which is the domain of experts, was uh, a real uh, barrier uh, to what was happening. And part of what happened is this idea that um, everyone was a craftsman meant there was no standardization. Everyone had their own way of approaching the problems with without a lot of justification for thinking why their way was the right way or the best way. It was just the way that they had. And what Taylor came through and said, well, look, if there's this range of different ways of doing things, well, first of all, let's, let's, let's look for facts. Can, can we find a way that's actually better than the others? Yeah. <laughs> you were telling me, you know, you, you said if we were dealing with bricks, then there'd be a simple thing we could do to, to measure our productivity, right? Count the bricks. So if yeah. we're, I was I was describing this to a client earlier this week. They were saying, you know, how do we interpret this board pack that tells us the, how many story points per, um, you know, uh, half a fortnight or something, whatever it was. And uh, I said, well, it, it's not actually telling you very much because in our domain, in the complex domain, where this is where this company was operating, you can't do what you can in the, the simple or obvious domain of Kinevin, namely, if you're building a brick wall, count the number of bricks per hour. That's a meaningful measurement. In our world, most of the time, that's not meaningful. But I think you discovered some cases where, there, and, and made me think about it as, as you shared your aha moment, there are some cases where actually we can count bricks. Yeah, that, that's right. And I, I, I was thinking about this idea that if we, if we don't appropriately apply the Taylor mindset, it'd be easy to be stuck in a, a world where we think of things as sort of obscure crafts. And, uh, but I realized that I had lived through a real change of this, that in my career, uh, when I started in the 90s and, and even into the early 2000s, it was common that there would be someone who was a build engineer. And this was a separate job, a separate 
a domain, a separate discipline. And this would be someone whose job it was to build the software and deliver it. And it'd be the kind of thing, you know, this is a person you'd say, well, you know, oh, Mike's out sick today. So I guess we can't, you know, we're not gonna be able to build the software. We'll have to wait for him to be back. And, and this was our, our version in the software world of saying, well, there's like this guild of, of build engineers that do some sort of arcane complex steps and there's no way we could do it. Uh, but then we, we went through a sort of a tailored approach. So wait a minute, let, maybe we could distill the steps of the build from rather being something that someone just kind of feels their way through into something we can uh, write down into a series of simple steps and put it into a run book. And then once it's in a run book, once we know what we're doing, we, we actually, we can automate it. <laughs> we, we can, we can get even better. We can, we can go and take these simple steps and rather than having a human go and do this, these simple steps, we could get the computer to do it for us. And Taylor was operating in the 1910s, so he didn't have computers. It'd be as if you, <laughs> you went into the factory and said, hey, Mr. Taylor, I've got these nifty things called robots. Would you, would you like to have them do some of the work? I bet he would be very excited about that. Absolutely. And effectively, that's what he what his um, output was, is he got people, humans, to act as robots to do the same task again and again. Uh, this is where some of the problems of Taylorism comes in, which is that it turns out humans are, are not good robots. But computers are really good robots. Exactly. Really good uh, robots. And uh, so one the uh, my aha moment was that there's actually a reason for us to keep the positive aspects of Taylorism in mind, which is to be thinking about the steps we're doing and saying, you know, is there something we're doing and treating as complicated when actually it could be made simple? Could, could we could we make this simple and could we make it something that, that is systematized where we're always doing it the same way every single time? And if we can do that, m maybe we could actually automate it. <laughs> and, and we don't even have to go always as far as automation. So I have a client who has a huge IT presence. They essentially build rooms to a standard and they're building a lot of these rooms. And one of the things they have very clearly been doing in their IT function, I'm helping them with their software function, but in their IT function, which is very closely allied to the software, is they're, they're creating these run books. And we, we haven't invented actual robots that are electricians that can go into a room and install uh, wires in the walls and so on. That, that unfortunately doesn't exist yet. If, if it did, they would be working toward creating those robots. But what they have done is taken the process, which was kind of artisanal, of setting up a room to a particular standard for the, the purpose that they have. You can think of WeWork as a, an, exa an example, although they're not in that business. And uh, they, they can create a standard room of their type according to a runbook that they've written down, and they're getting better, although they still have an awful lot of challenges. And they're, they're, sometimes the electricians turn up and there's nothing for them to do. They are able much more repeatably to do the same processes again and again, and that leads to greater standardization and much greater efficiency, it means they can roll out a lot more of those rooms a lot more quickly, which is important in their industry. Yeah, and, and I think that there will be many, if people will give some thought, they'll probably find many uh, opportunities to uh, apply this kind of thinking. And it's something I think in, um, the value of thinking in a Tayloristic fashion in the sense of, can we standardize, can we simplify, uh, and can we get efficiency from that, is a thought that is not outdated. It's It was an innovation, and it's a, an innovation that can still be applicable to and fight our human tendency to sort of, um, I would say, be a bit lazy at times and just um, focus on getting the work done in the way that we currently know how, 
rather than asking the question of, is there a better way to do this? Sounds great. Okay. Well, if listeners are applying Taylorism, perhaps without knowing it in their in environments, we'd sure like to hear about it. If you, if you want to bash Taylorism and tell us that we're wrong, and in fact, humans can't act like robots and they, they shouldn't in any circumstances, that would also be interesting. So we always like hearing from listeners, and you can find us most easily at conversationaltransformation.com. So head on over there, and you can also find videos from us and more audio and the book, Agile Conversations, and, and other fun things. We also like it when you come back. So we, we took a break for one week, but we're back. We don't take breaks very often. We're usually here every Wednesday. And if you hit the subscribe button and whatever you use to listen to us, then you'll hear us again next time. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl. Well.